and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR issues that is currently making the headlines. I'm Dan Cave, Head of Content at HR Grapevine, standing in for Sophie Parrott this week, who is taking some well-deserved annual leave. And in Soph's absence, I'll be joined by another HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR in a 10-minute podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart the people function. Today, that guest HR journalist is Kieran Howells, deputy editor across the executive Grapevine Brands, and our man when it comes to picking apart leadership and business trends. So, Kieran, what have you been picking apart this week? Hey, Dan. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what have I been picking apart this week? It's um, It's been a very, very, very busy week. One of the most interesting things, I think, is this case of Goldman Sachs. Their CEO has asked all staff to basically come back to the office as soon as they possibly can. But today you published some very interesting research from Goldman Sachs saying that actually remote work has a lot of benefits. So that's a very interesting case. Another interesting thing, I think, has been the case of a whole branch of Burger King, all their workers suffering from basically burnout and overwork and quitting in one go, which I think is the kind of the start, maybe the spiritual start of this kind of great exodus, as many people have been calling it. And then, of course, we've also been writing about the football, about Gareth Southgate's pretty amazing leadership skills and the effect that that had on their productivity and, uh, you know, their ability to get through this amazing tournament, which unfortunately was a little bit sallied and soured by the reactions by a small minority of fans. And I think that's probably what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, it is indeed. Although we could have picked remote work, burnouts, leadership skills as the topics to pick apart this week, I think it is the lessons that HR could learn from the racism furore that has taken place after the European final. So if I take the football fans amongst the podcast audience back to Sunday night, very, very sadly, England lost to Italy in the European finals on penalties. It was a great team effort to get there. Again, we've written a lot on Southgate's leadership skills and how he's done that and the lessons that HR and modern business leaders can take from that. But that isn't what we're going to focus on today. What we're focusing on is what happened after Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho and Bayaka Saka missed their final spot kicks. So they're very, very brave to step up and do that. But what happened that was disgusting is that these three young players, three young black men specifically, were racially abused online as a result. In fact, they received thousands of abusive messages with over 160 deemed in a high risk abuse category. So that's it's disgusting and it's wrong. I was taken aback at how brave Rashford and Sancho were to put out a, I guess, an open statement in response, potentially puts them into the firing line even more for some of these racists, saying, OK, you've been racist towards me. I don't care. I'm going to be strong in this. In fact, Marcus Rashford's statement was particularly emotive and I'd say very, very strong willed. Some of the quotes from it, he said, I will never apologize for, for who I am. You know, the implication in that is I'm never going to apologize for, for being a black man in the public eye. That's that's incredibly powerful. He also added, I'm Marcus Rashford, 23 year old black man from Wivington and Wivenshaw, South Manchester. If I have nothing else, I have that. So, you know, saying that my identity is really, really important for all the kind messages. Thank you. Again, lots of people reached out. I'm sure we've all seen the very powerful images 
And the news this week with people supporting Rashford in particular in his anti-racist stance. And he said, I'll be back stronger. We'll all be back stronger. At this point, listeners, you might be asking, what on earth has that got to do with HR and employment? Apart from, you know, perhaps obviously re-emphasizing the need for firms to take anti-racist action because racism, unfortunately, still exists in our society and therefore our workforces and businesses too. And the benefits of being active when it comes to inclusion. Well, as part of the analysis we've been doing here, the actions of Rashford, Sancho and Saka and standing up for themselves And then the actions of the FA, the organisation that the England football team is within, and Southgate's statements around racism as well, do showcase a lot of similarities between what's been going on and what businesses can learn when it comes to their employees as well. So Rashford and Sancho in particular decided to take a very public social media stance after this racist abuse and say, I'm sticking up for myself in in the public sphere here. And what the FA did and what Southgate did, the the essential, the organisation they work for and their boss is decide to unequivocally back them up. So England manager Gareth Southgate said that the racist abuse aimed at his players was unforgivable. And the Football Association official account, you know, the effective employers or the organisation that Rashford, Sancho and Saka worked for during the Euros, said the FA strongly condemns all forms of discrimination and is appalled by the online racism that has been aimed at some of our players. So the question that then I wanted to ask the experts after that is, if your employee takes a stance online and is very, very vocal about a subject, what should you do in response? So I spoke to one social media manager earlier in the week, Molly Lyons, who is social media manager at Connective3, who said, actually, when it comes to the specific subject of racism, we have to show solidarity on and off social media, regardless of whether it occurs in and out of the workplace. So what she's saying that as an employer, if your employee is being very vocally anti-racist or sticking up for themselves online, you should back them up. That's on you to do that. It's morally, it's the right thing to do. However, she did add that anything that you do external comms wise, you should back it up by internal initiatives. So don't just be making noise. Don't be going out there and thinking, ah, this is a quick PR win. I'll get on the right side of history here. Make sure that stuff is happening inside your company. So she said to us, employees can demonstrate their solidarity on social media. However, further support should be carried out in the workplaces and the company's values and work culture. Only consistency can cause change. So, Kieran, have we got any examples of where a company maybe has been quick to jump on the PR bandwagon, but is maybe not doing things internally? Yes. A really good example of that, I think, is BrewDog. Uh, We've harped on about BrewDog an awful lot, but it is a fascinating case, in my opinion. You know, we, we heard a couple of weeks ago about how the company who has been so vocal about their support for equality, about environmentalism and, and these causes, actually weren't living up to that within their own organisation with claims about bullying and things like that internally, or, or a, a culture of fear was one of the one of the statements made by ex-Brodoc employees. I think that's actually a really key and interesting point. Just because you're you're shouting about something, that doesn't mean you're living it. And employees these days, they really, really care about their employers living the values that they also agree with. But my question to you, Dan, is are we in an age now where businesses are really having to work out what they should be taking a moral stance on and what necessarily doesn't exist within the confines of work? You're right. 
Right, right. That's that is that is the million dollar question. I think a lot of employers, uh, executives, and probably HR senior HR practitioners are grappling with right now, especially because they're often seen as the prism through which the employee voice and the employee want is seen. So we are at this point where perhaps people, employees, want their employers to take more of a stance on things. And although there's very clear moral and business arguments for, say, taking a stance on environmentalism or or green action and, and racism as well, HR knows this better than most functions, there is a risk attached almost to being very, very vocal or taking an active stance on an issue. So, for instance, I spoke to Ruth Kudsey, who's CEO of Optimus Coach Academy, and she said, although personally she feels that being anti-racist and taking a very public stance on that for business is the right thing to do, there is a risk attached. And the risks are it can become a political issue and that some members of the organisation, i.e. your employees, may feel uncomfortable or may choose that they don't want to work with you or for the organization in the longer term. And and this is obvious, right? Say you're a business of X amount of people, there's going to probably be a wide amount of views within it, particularly if you've only just started taking a stance on certain things because historically you were fairly neutral in your external comms. It was a profit first business. You had some values in how you wanted people to be treated, but maybe you weren't specifically strongly vocal about any kind of issue. However, we are in this changing moment. um, And I think those risks should be put within. We are in a changing moment for business where employees increasingly want their employers to be purposeful. And executives are increasingly understanding this because of the challenges that we face as a society and the wider world. So a study from a couple of years ago found that actually, the vast majority of younger workers, you know, the talent for the future, the talent you want to hire, wants to work for an organization that makes a positive difference in the world. 75% of them said that it's vital that the values of the business they work for match their own. So if I put that in context, it seems to me that increasingly, it's not going to be 100% yet, but increasingly, and this is forgetting and putting the moral arguments to one side for a second, employees should be backing their employees if they're speaking out on race or climate, etc. Not only because it's the right thing to do, but it but it makes sense. This is this is without even getting to the benefits that having a a more inclusive or diverse organisation and having the comms around that that might attract employees in the first place might might have. Yes, that's a really interesting point, and actually it, it circles really nicely back around to what we were talking about before with Gareth Southgate and these young uh, black players and the abuse that they've been getting. Because actually Gareth Southgate, before the Euro 2020 competition, released kind of an open letter, an open statement to the world, England, his team, everyone. One of the points that he made in that was that he really feels that these young men who have all done amazing things for their country, you know, supported causes, have been outspoken against racism. He really felt that they all should be doing that because in their case, I think really sticking to their guns and putting their money where their mouth is, is the fact that they have a very high profile. They inspire young people and old people alike. They're icons to many. And they are making sure that they use that platform that they have to share a message. And that message is one of morality. You know, he he really feels like actually it's part of their job 
to to push the causes that they care about so yeah back to the point that we were making about um you know actually living the morals that you have as as a company or as an organization that's exactly what these guys are doing and i think that's part of the reason that they've caught so much flack being bold in their case meant yeah sticking up for those causes and potentially being abused for it i think that actually what southgate is saying there so traditionally we might think and this is where I am going to make a um, a football analogy to, to marry the HR business world. So please forgive me, everybody. So traditionally, we might have thought job of a football player, job of a football manager to win at football, whether that's a match or whatever cup or competition you're in. Southgate is actually saying it's up for me as a manager to promote whatever cause I feel is just or moral or deserving to have a purpose outside of just winning and let my players be a bit free with what causes they're speaking out on as well. I think this is exactly analogous to the world of business. So if we cast our minds back to what Larry Fink said, chair of BlackRock a couple of years ago, where he was saying business has to be ethical now. There has to be a purpose outside of profit. Lots of businesses are leaning into this a lot more and saying, actually, to get ahead, to, to be successful at business, we can no longer just exist for profit. We've got to take a stance on racism, on the climate, on ensuring that all stakeholders from the customer to the communities that we work in to our employees have a voice, but are also we deliver for them as well. So that's great. And I think it's something that HR should be cognizant on, especially if it sees employees taking a stand on thing. Obviously, that's going to be require a slightly different management style because you're going to have a lot more voices in the mix there. And it's not going to be so dictatorial or parental as maybe management and, and biz, running a business was in the past. It also creates, a, I think, an issue that I don't have an answer to personally, but something that does put a bit of pressure on the function. So if I take us back to an employee speaks out online and you decide that you want to back them because actually you've decided that you're now going to take an active anti-racist stance. You are signposting yourself as a specific type of, of business there with a specific type of culture, which means before you get people to join that business, you've got to think about, are you not just ad hoc sending messages out on social media at recruitment when you're reaching out in your talent pipelines when you're engaging staff day to day are you really hammering home that these are your values because then you actually want people that want to fit into that culture that culture fit point rather than i don't know getting whoever's best at that role but actually they might not align with your views i, I this is this is a thought that I've just had, Kieran, but I think it aligns with potentially the challenge that HR might have going ahead, that you're no longer just going, right, you've got the skills, but it's actually, what do you believe in as a person? Am I willing to allow you to share that as an employer? And actually, the flip side of that, are you the right employee for us? Right, right. And we're getting to the heart of something here, because uh, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but there has to be a line, doesn't there? I think that actually, as much as I would say that, you know, both of us hold kind of very anti-racist views or and and I think we probably align on other things like environmentalism and that kind of thing. However, you have to respect thought diversity, right? We're always talking about echo chambers and I think personally that 
the 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 conundrum here is working out what is a agree to disagree and what is something which kind of goes against the moral guidelines of the company and the you know what you're going to do based on that so an ideal case study to kind of explore this conundrum came about after the England game on Sunday when a worker actually tweeted abuse at England players on social media and people found out that he had posted that he worked at Savile's estate agent on several social media platforms. So I guess the conundrum here is what they do, where they go from there, because that obviously goes against their their guidelines as a company or their rules as a company. Dan, what do you think about that? Yeah, right. So this is this is this is the difficult bit, right? So We've explored if your if your company or if an employee for your company tweets out or makes some statements outside of work about being anti-racist or being pro-diversity or pro-environmental stuff, I guess that might be the easier stuff because that seems morally right. So as a company, your decision is, do I just let them get away with it? As in like, do I just take a neutral stance or do I actively help them? What if, what if an employee does something that increasingly society sees and rightly so sees as sees as bad so i actually did speak to a lawyer on this point and they said one of the things that employees should be considering is if it contradicts the company's ethos and values or how they might want to be perceived as a business so even if it's not in your explicit values does this person tweeting say racism out do you want to be associated with that uh, will the comment have a negative impact on the business that they they said is something that employers should consider and whether there's going to be reputational damage or finance uh, financial impact uh savils as you can see from there rapidly put out comms earlier in the week on this saying they take a strong line on racist abuse that may or may not have come from an employee of theirs is obviously something they want to distance themselves from so one way to circumvent this i suggest is either having very 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 clear values in place where it's obvious where the employee would be not towing the company line as it were I'd say policies and structures, because obviously you want people to be able to tweet out within them, obviously not racist stuff, but like have some sense of they are able to have an opinion in in public. And those social media policies or guidelines or values that you put in place as an employer should consider. And I think this is the key pit. Do those values and guidelines, do they do right for society? So I think this is where the Savile's case is interesting, because an employee tweeting out racist stuff does not do right by society at all. However, if Savile were to have, say, a Marcus Rashford in their ranks tweeting out anti-racism, that would be doing right for society. And that should probably be the, the guiding light or the lodestar for setting up your company to be prepared for this increasingly contentious world where employers are both expected to have values, have a say, but also let their employees have one as well. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for right now. HR Grapevine would not exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcase solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. 